Hello. I hope you enjoy the keynotes. I hope you are enthusiastic. Um, this session is going to be about automating security and compliance testing for infrastructure as code for DevSecOps. This is a pretty long name that combines a lot of different methodologies. In this session, we're going to build a DevSecOps pipeline. We're actually, we're actually going to build two different DevSecOps pipelines. And we're going to talk from high-level conceptual stuff to drill down to the code level. Uh, I hope it will be an interesting ride for all of us. Uh, my name is Roy Feintut. I'm the co-founder and CTO of Domain Security, an Amazon advanced partner with security competency, and as of yesterday, also networking competency. Okay. So to summarize what we are trying to achieve in one word, the goal is agility. Agility is now a key to uh, to have better performance than our competitors. From security standpoint, uh, in order to achieve that, we want to push security and compliance as early as we can into the developer lifecycle, right? So this is kind of uh, different from traditional model, which is usually kind of stuck way back in the pipeline. So we build our uh, software, test it, deploy it to some uh, environment, then run all our testing, unit tests, application, acceptance tests, and then comes security at the end, where an issue here sends this entire process back to the beginning. Another kind of side effect of that is that it puts too much pressure on the security team. So now all the business the application owners, the business owners are kind of uh, en uh, enthusiastic to push their application into production, but putting a lot of pressure on security that now are kind of a choke point for this entire organization. So a new application, changes to existing application, all falls under this, into this bottleneck. So the idea is now that we have our infrastructure in the public cloud, infrastructure as code. So just before I, I continue, I want to synchronize on the terminology. When I say infrastructure as code, I mean that 100% of our infrastructure is codified, and not only that, we're using kind of uh, uh, standard templating to, uh, to our infrastructure. To put it in, in, in perspective, I will, be, uh, I will be addressing cloud formation templates. Uh, if you are a Terraform shop, you can take those same concepts uh, with your Terraform deployments. So, so our infrastructure finally is code, is a template. So the idea is to apply coding best practices to our infrastructure as code, right? So because it's a code, I can test it as code. I, I do not need to deploy these environments into production, into another environment. I can test the code as code in order to get to gain uh, sec security and compliance findings. Now we've done that in the application uh, realm, application uh, development realm for, for, for many years. We have, you know, unit tests and we have static, uh, static source, uh, uh, source control uh, tools. But uh, 
this ecosystem for infrastructure code is kind of in, in its infancy. Okay, so let's have a plan. Our plan is a multi-stage approach to tackle these, these challenges. So first, we want to uh, prepare, right? So on the preparation stage, we are defining a core set of industry best practices, all our regulatory compliance, uh, compliance regulations, security controls, and our own kind of internal core policies. This is usually uh, something that probably most of you have already in some kind of forms, Word documents, Excel spreadsheets. So that's the preparation stage. Now, uh, from now at the commit stage, we are talking about what happens after someone, developer, DevOps, committed an infrastructure code, a CFT template. Uh, and the idea is to treat it, again, just like any other application code. So we will test the CFT itself without any need to provision any, any environment. Um, at the live stage, we're gonna deploy a live testing environment and, and perform our test over there. So this is the power of the cloud. I can spin up new environments in a matter of seconds or minutes most of the time and, and then do our testing over there. At the end of, the, at the end of this pipeline, we're talking about, about the production system. So there we're gonna have this continuous security and compliance assessment for our production environment. <clears throat> From responsibility standpoint, we are talking about two different cycles or two different cadences for this. We've got, first we've got this DevSecOps pipeline, right, which is this sanitized clean pipeline to push good quality code into production. So the commit stage, all the testing there, the live stage, and even the deployment to production stage. But then there is another cycle of the production, the production system monitoring. And, and then we want, to, we want to have an always-on always monitoring that operates in its, in its own cadence, continuously. So let's drill down into those different stages and, uh, and some pros and cons. So doing some tests at the commit stage, infrastructure unit test or the CFT static validation, well, from uh, pros perspective, this is the fastest and cheapest way to do it, right? This is something that is measured in seconds. And, uh, and theoretically, and not theoretically, practically, this is uh, the closest it can get to the developer. And again, we said we want to push security and compliance as close as possible to the people that write the code. So, um, so it can be integrated, again, as part of our uh, uh, pipeline. Uh, it can even be integrated as a Git commit that will operate on the developer workstation and even, even as a IDE linter plugin, okay? Theoretically. Um, uh, you cannot get as, uh, as closer to the developer as, a, as an IDE plugin. On the con side, it's pretty difficult to do it right now with the existing tools, and uh, maybe not everything can be statically reasonable. On the live test, we're talking about, again, deploying a, a temporary environment and, uh, and running tests over there. So it's a live system. We can do every test, right? But on the con side, it's, uh, it's, it is slow. It is measured in minutes, and if you have uh, experience with deploying cloud, large cloud formation templates with uh, lots of maybe bootstrapping, it could be many dozens of minutes. And also, there is lots of mechanics and moving parts. 
especially if you want to integrate other third-party tools that need to synchronize with that environment. It's it just adding much more moving parts. So, yeah. Uh, at the production stage, uh, this is the ultimate resource that we are trying to protect, right? So every tool, third-party, library, project you'll find is designed to assist you with tackling these challenges. And, and the idea uh, and the importance of this stage is that it covers everything, right? Uh, not, not, uh, not, we cannot guarantee that every change to production will come from our sanitized pipeline. Right? If uh, someone enters this Amazon console, uh, or someone with the root user, or whatever, or uh, an API, a, a DevOps script that someone by mistake, oh, I didn't mean it, uh, I didn't mean it to, to go to production. So, uh, so this is why we have this extra or different mechanism to, to guard our production system. On the con side, it's again another suite of technologies that we need to master. And most of the, mo uh, mostly these tools cater for the uh, operations, uh, GRC folks, and not necessarily for developers. And now a professional looking graph that uh, represents uh, my view regarding the future viability of those technologies. So production monitoring was important in the past and will be important in the future. But I think that as we, as the uh, ecosystem, will mature in, uh, in harnessing the static co-testing uh, of our infrastructure, this will reduce the need to do this kind of complex machinery of spinning up new environments, running those tests, and we can get much better agility and, uh, and again, reducing the complexity. Okay, enough talking. Uh, now it's time to build something. So our first DevSecO pipeline is going to be based on a, uh, on a blog post uh, by uh, an Amazonian uh, named Ramesh Adabala. Not sure if he's in the audience, he might be. Um, and uh, so the idea, if, the idea of, this, uh, of this implementation is that it is 100% native uh, Amazon implementation. So it's using only uh, AWS native tools. At the core of it, there is this uh, uh, code pipeline. But again, if you're using something else like Jenkins, all of these concepts are transferable. So we have this code pipeline as the, as the mastermind of this thing. Um, the input, the input for, that, uh, uh, for this pipeline is an S3 bucket. In your environment, it might be a GitHub uh, repository. In this example, it's an S3 bucket that our developers are pushing this code, this infrastructure code, this CFTs files into it. The code pipeline picks it up and then, and then forms three different steps. In the commit stage, we are going to run a Lambda function that will do static code analysis for the CFT template. Again, not deploying anything, reading the CFTs file, trying to get insight from them. If we are happy, we'll continue with the flow and move to this uh, testing stage. Or in this stage, we're going to deploy a new test environment, a temporary environment. We're going to perform now live testing uh, over that environment. There is an optional manual approval phase uh, embedded in this uh, solution. And at the end of that, we'll delete the stack, clean up those temporary resources, and, and push it to production. We'll create a change set and then execute it. So that's the plan. 
Now let's see it. Once I log in. Okay. So this is the uh, the blog post, uh, and again, it's linked in the in the presentation. Uh, I recommend you to read about it. Uh, we have also provided a repository of. Uh, uh, that is a kind of stripped down and clean up version of that uh, uh, of that post. So uh, you can you can it's, uh, the address is also the link is uh, is there. So let's review what we have here. Uh, in this in this repository, we will have these two examples: uh, the V1, which we are doing now, and the V2. So let's read the instructions. So basically, we're going. We're going to create uh, two VPCs in that account. And we'll create an S3 bucket. And uh, you know, let's start, let's start doing this. So I've created, uh, I already created two VPCs in my account. I've created an S3 bucket named reInvent SAD317. OK. And um, da -da 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 OK, so let's, let's review the, uh, the source code here. So in V1, we have. We have two folders, the code line, a code pipeline Lambda, which contains, which contains our, uh, our code. So we have this uh, CFT validation for phase one and the stat, uh, stack validate uh, Lambda for this second live test. And we've got my application itself. So you see my app, which for this uh, sake of the demo, it's the most simplistic one. It's my app contains one security group with an SSH rule. And, uh, and uh, two configuration files, which provides the needed VPC name or VPC ID parameter. So back to the instruction. So I have updated those two uh, configuration files to match the VPC IDs uh, that I've just created. OK, next is uh, we're going to review the push scripts and update our S3 bucket name. I've, I've done it for you. S3 reInvent and S3 reInvent. Okay, now that we did this, we are ready to go. We're going to uh, use those two scripts in order to push first our pipeline code. This is something that we need to do once, uh, unless we change our validation code, and then deploy our application. So let's do it. Okay. Okay, we're in V1. Push, validation, lambda. Now this script zips everything and put it in S3. We're going to do a similar thing to, to push our application code. Bang. So uh, we've created two zip files. They were already uploaded now to uh, S3. And now it's, now it's the time to, uh, it's the time to create a new CloudFormation stack using this, uh, the pipeline that is provided here. So this is, a, uh, this is pretty, uh, pretty long CFT that provides our entire, uh, our entire pipeline implementation. So if you, if you remember in the past, our build servers were such a snowflake, uh, a unique system. Now the fact that I can, I can share this code with you and, and, and all of you can, can, can have this same pipeline uh, that I have, this is, I think this is pretty amazing. Great times. Um, so this is uh, uh, this stack formation.
is everything. Uh, it creates uh, S3 buckets and roles and uh, uh, Lambda functions and, uh, and, and DynamoDB and, and whatever you need uh, to run this thing. So let's go to this CloudFormation and let's create stack. I'll use v1 code whoop, pipeline CFT. Okay. So the only thing I need to do here is provide a meaningful name. I can do something like that. Okay. Uh, provide uh, uh, the bucket that I have. I have already prepared. Oop. Reinvent. And my email. This stack also creates SNS topic and sends you a notification and communicates with you. So that's pretty cool. Uh, this is my email. Please don't spam me. Okay, uh, that was it. Uh, next, 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 uh, and bang. I'll acknowledge that and create. I will not create it right now with you because uh, for the sake of time, but it takes about two minutes to provision this entire thing, which is pretty nothing. So let's see what, let's see this, this stack that I've already uh, uh, provisioned. Again, it, it creates a lots of uh, interesting resources. Uh, pipeline, functions, DynamoDB tables, all sorts of things. Let's drill down into the actual pipeline that it creates. Okay. So, you see, uh, uh, the pipeline was already created, but I created that before. But it created and then starts, starts to work immediately. So, uh, we, see, uh, we see the commit stage. Uh, uh, the, the scanning of those uh, S3 buckets. So whenever I put something into push something into this S3 bucket, this pipeline will, will pick it up. Then we'll do this static cloud uh, cloud formation testing. If okay, continue with this test deployment phase. Right now, as you see, uh, we are progressing. I've just uploaded. Remember when I uploaded the app? So this pipeline uh, picked that up. So now we've passed this uh, 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 CFN uh, cloud formation template. Parsing. Now we are uh, deploying a live environment. We're going to test it in a in a minute or so, and uh, and once approved, we'll uh, we'll go uh, we'll go to deploy to production, all automatically. I want to review those two lambda functions: this stack validation and this uh, uh, CFT parsing. So let's get back to my my code. Remember the, the lambdas, the validation lambdas are here. So. I won't do everything. We'll not, we'll not do review every line. Uh, let's just get the, the basic gist of it. So uh, the lambda, this is the lambda handler. You see it's a Python, uh, a Python uh, lambda function. Uh, let's review it quickly. So just extracting some parameters. OK, boring, boring, boring. Still boring. OK, uh, now we're setting a, an S3 uh, client in order to get this CFT template. So eventually. That function is gonna uh, gonna get to this Python function, this CFT that we're uh, about to test. The next step is uh, get rules, which uh, provides the list of rules that we're gonna evaluate against. Where are these rules come from? Good question. Uh, the author of this uh, uh, of this uh, project has, has separated the validation logic into DynamoDB. So now you don't need to maintain those rules inside that function. You can maintain them in DynamoDB, add and remove uh, uh, rules as needed. So this is, this is pretty cool. So as we see, I hope that you see, yeah, it looks fine. Um, 
So uh, basically, uh, it, it loads uh, uh, this, these rules from uh, these rules from uh, DynamoDB. Uh, thankfully, it provided some uh, some kind of starter rules for us. Let's take a look. For example, this. Uh, SSH uh, open to the world rule. Again, it's from category security group. Right now, in that, in that demo, there are uh, security group and EC2 instance rules. You can, of course, add more types. And the rule data itself, this is the main kind of security compliance content. So again, ingress, from port, to port, blah, 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 22, blah, 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 0, 0, 0, slash 0, and lots of other stuff. Okay, so that was uh, that was the rule. So we've got our rules, and the the, the last function is this uh, uh, evaluate template, which basically just loads those resources from this uh, uh, from this template. And for each rule, for each uh, sorry, for each resource grouped by type, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do so now for the uh, security group resources, we're gonna uh, match them with the rules. With the SG rules, so the main the main thing is this regular expression match, and we're gonna do the same for uh, EC2 resources. So if you're gonna uh, adopt this, uh, I recommend to just uh, refactor that a little bit. I, there, I feel that it can be generalized a little bit. Uh, I don't like code application, and uh, so but I guess it can be uh, 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 more generalized uh, uh, and operate on mul on many kind of resource types. Okay. So that's uh, uh, that's pretty cool. And the last step is uh, is again uh, next step where where this is the decision making if to if to continue if to continue to uh, uh, continue or, or, or fail this uh, the build or this this pipeline. So there is a, co a nice concept of risk. So if it's a low risk, uh, we'll put success job. Basically, it's signaling the this pipeline to continue, or uh, or we're gonna signal the the pipeline to uh, um, to quit. Okay, so that's that's the CFT validation. Now moving to a completely different world, which is the stack validation. So uh, in that in that uh, this is now again the function that doing live validation of an environment. So here we're gonna kind of implemented an interesting concept. So it's got uh, kind of a controls array, and uh, they got numbers and uh, uh, control uh, 4.1, which again basically just a, a Python function. So let's see how our rule is implemented there. So now we're using completely different technology, right? We're using the Amazon SDKs, uh, Boto library. And now we're going to describe all the security groups. We're going to filter only the ones that are relevant to our uh, stack. And we're going we're gonna to implement the rule. In that case, the rule logic is to make sure that uh, a security group is on SSH rule is only open to this, uh, uh, our NOC uh, CIDR. So that's that's uh, that's uh, the concept of this uh, this implementation. So let's switch back to, to our pipeline. So we've we've uh, 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 we finished with those two tests. We've by the way we passed those tests, and now this this manual approval uh, phase again optional for you. Uh, I can now review the stack, uh, uh, look into the resources, and say hey, this is looking great, and approve that. So. So now uh, I've already have this test my app and uh, uh, which is the test environment. It will be very soon. Uh, it will. It's going to be deleted. Okay. Let me switch back to my presentation.
Okay, so uh, we've been able to complete level one. We've got a fully working uh, uh, pipeline that received this cloud formation, uh, testing it, static code test, uh, live code test, and then deployed to production. So we should be, we should appreciate those and celebrate those little wins. So uh, let's, uh, let's have it. <laughs> and, and thank Ramesh. Okay. But now it's time to take the red pill. Uh, I know it, it looks easy, right? It took us 15 minutes to get to this, uh, to this place. But reality is much uglier, right? Uh, this super easy cloud formation stack is not one what we're going to ex experience in, in real world. So now we're going to actually see the downsides and the complexities of that solution. The first thing I want to talk is regex. Regex or regex? I don't know. Regex, I'd say. Um, so this is, this, this is the rule that matched the uh, SSH is open to the entire world. Um, I find it pretty difficult to read it. Uh, and even if I wrote it, you know, uh, a regular expression is considered as a hashing function. You can write it, but you can never read it back. So, <laughs> so I cannot read it. And by the way, I've injected five errors into this uh, rule, which I cannot find what, <laughs> which are they? So, so uh, the suggestion here is, actually it's, it's multiple suggestion. Don't use regular expression for this kind of JSON, to reason about JSON, you know, that's, that's nice on paper. This is not maintainable thing. So either use a general purpose uh, uh, computing language, uh, JavaScript or Python, or even use some, there are now some community project. Uh, I, I hear some, uh, some companies using uh, CFN, NUG, if you are familiar with that. Or if you are a Terraform shop, then there is uh, Terraform Sentinel, uh, which allows you to reason about the, your Terraform templates and put kind of, uh, and put rules uh, into that. So these are much more oriented technologies to do than uh, doing this thing. The next challenge with CFTs are the dynamic templates, right? CFT is not static. CFT is a flexible and dynamic. It's almost like a, a, a programming language. We've got parameters, either user-defined or uh, injected by the runtime system. Uh, we've got functions, intrinsic functions. We've got conditions, branching. Again, I, I don't think it's Turing complete, but it's very close to it. So let's see that in action. This is difficult to read. Uh, uh, the rest of the ones are smaller. Uh, in, this, uh, in this example, well, it works for you guys. For you guys. Uh, so in this example, we have, uh, um, I need to get closer too. Uh, we've got this uh, bed SG1, which, uh, uh, which, the, uh, which the front port and the two port are, are, not, uh, are not static number like 22. These are actually finding map function that, uh, that search in a, in a kind of in this uh, hash table or in this mapping. And what's the key for, uh, to search for is also uh, named app, is also a user configurable parameter. So in that case, if the user has selected the bastion parameter, then it will resolve to port 22. So it's 
try to use your regular expression against this thing. Another form of dynamic templates is the condition. So here, uh, you can probably read that. So we have this condition, create dev resources. So in this case, our regular expression will fail this rule even though it's never gonna get to production. So that might be a desired uh, thing to open SSH to the developer, although I do not believe in that. Um, but, but still, it might be desirable, and in this case, we'll get a, a false positive by our, our regular expression test. Okay, to help you with this uh, solution, there is a little, a little uh, a gift or a little uh, thing you should be aware of. Uh, we have uh, created that for our internal use about a year ago, uh, called a project called the CFT Simulator, which allows you to uh, take this highly parameterized, conditionalized uh, uh, template, uh, provide parameters, and then this, this simulator will evaluate parameters, uh, uh, evaluate those intrinsic functions, follow the conditions, and then output the resolved the resolved template without any flags or everything, a concrete template. So now you can take this template and feed it to whatever testing logic that you want to have. So this is an idea for you. The next thing I'm gonna talk is multiple representations of the same, the same outcome. So the same end game, the same outcome, can be modeled in different ways using CFT. Why? Because the syntax permit that and also because we have some default implicit behavior of the runtime itself. When I'm not defining stuff, still there is some default behavior that happens. So let's, let's see that in action. I'm not gonna read it to you. You can uh, uh, review that. But this shows how many ways to control the IP address of an instance. So we can, we can have an instance resource with an, an embedded network interface resource. We can have an instance resource with another root level network interface resource that is referencing this instance. We can have an instance, a network interface, and another network attachment entity, another network attachment resource that will tie those two together. So now that we had all those ways to connect this network interface to the, uh, uh, to the instance, now how do we determine the IP address of that network interface? So again, it could, it could use it could be part of the network interface with the uh, associate public IP address, or we could have an elastic IP resource that is then referencing, or an elastic IP address that is using another resource like elastic IP association to connect that. Too much. And on top of that, we can, we can have something that is not even defined on the instance or NIC level, which is a, a subnet property, which is called map IP on launch. So again, trying to if you want to reason about cloud formation, you need to be aware of these things and search for all these kind of, of patterns. Uh, you need also to be aware of the things that you don't see which are attributed to the default behavior of the, of the runtime, the cloud formation runtime. So in this example, I'm gonna uh, uh, show you this bad SG4. And this security group actually has zero properties besides the description. Uh, the bad stuff comes from, uh, from external security group ingress rule that uh, opens SSH to the uh, entire universe uh, and then is referencing that security group. 
Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is actually understanding the domain that we want to reason about. So in that case, this is two uh, very common misconfigurations that we see. Um, at the first example, you know, someone has copied our, our uh, NOC uh, CIDR, 1, 2, 1.2.3.4, but then added a slash zero, where effectively this is as good as opening it to the entire internet. Um, on that example, uh, someone has opened uh, a security group to a port range from port 20 to port 30. Now, now try this regular expression on that security group. The last challenge that I'm going to talk about is this multiple technologies challenge, where we're having, uh, again, I'm going to use this one. I like it better. So you're gonna, we're going to have this Word or Excel spreadsheet for the human beings where we define our policies. We're going to have the technology that we reason about our, our CFT, our static code. And in this case, it's the regular expression. We're going to have this live Amazon SDK code with Java, JavaScript, .NET, Python, that we're going to reason about our live environment. And we're going to have a plethora of tools to help us protect this uh, production system. Again, that's, it's CloudTrail, CloudWatch, uh, CloudWatch events, uh, uh, config rules, uh, our SIM systems, our security configuration monitoring systems, all this uh, a huge array of, uh, of tools that will help us guard the system. So that's pretty much a, a Babylon Tower. So let me now introduce you to GSL. Governance Specification Language. This is a purpose-built language to reason about cloud security and compliance. We have developed that at DOM9 in order to assist with tackling this, this complex challenge. At the core of it, there is a domain model, a cloud domain model, that pretty much is very similar to the Amazon model, but it is oriented for read, oriented to reason about the security. So this is why we can add all sorts of properties, helper uh, things, and re restructure it in order to make it efficient to be queried. On top of that, there is the GSL, the language, and the runtime, the policy, the rule engine, that allows you to write these rules that then reason about this, this model. A few examples of those rules are security group where name is default should not have inbound rules. Instance should have tags with key uh, equals owner. Security group should not have inbound rules with the port 22 and the scope 000. I don't need to tell you what, what these rules do. I think you can, you can, you can guess it by now. So this, this, this concept of a concise, human-readable policies, these eliminate all those, so, all those errors uh, and, and this kind of mismatch between the security and compliance folks and the developers, because now many more people can join into this brave new world of uh, uh, software-defined uh, security and compliance. So the next implementation of our pipeline, V2, is going to be based on that technology. So uh, we're going to utilize a few key uh, capabilities of the system. So first capability, it's actually number two, is the, uh, the capability to run assessment on a live environment. So we're going to use that via API uh, in order to uh, reason about our live environment. But before that, we're going to do static code analysis 
using the same compliance engine. So what's happening behind the scene is pretty, is, is pretty clever. Because of this intermediary um, model, so now we can take this cloud formation, run it through all the simulators, build this unified cloud security model, and then allow you to reason about, about it just like a live environment. So um, uh, it pretty much mimics most of the implementation that goes inside CloudFormation, but the engine does it for you. And then on top of that, we've got this always-on continuous monitoring for the production end. Now, all of these are driven from the same GSL policy file, all these three different technologies. So to understand the, this, this pipeline, it's based on the same pipeline that we've seen, but now we're gutting all the... Uh, uh, DynamoDB and the rules and the regular expressions and those, uh, and those bottle tests and replace them with a single API test, a single API call to this compliance engine. So we're going to have this CFT validator that will use this CloudFormation assessment API. We're going to have the live assessment that is going to be using uh, the live assessment API. And on the side, we're going to have a continuous compliance policy that will always scan the production system. So we'll see that in action. So I'm switching to, to the V2 part. And let's, let's uh, uh, follow up the instruction. So first, uh, I'll skip this uh, create, a, uh, create an account. Oops. It will. It will be better if you'll see it. So, yeah. So, I'll skip the creating an account, but now we're going to create our first policy. So, we can create a new, uh, a new policy, which uh, I'm not going to do because I've already created one, uh, reinvent session. And now we're going to create rules for this, uh, we're going to create rules for this uh, uh, policy. So, I can type in the rules, but I can use the rule builder. So in that case, I'll create a rule like security group should not have inbound rules uh, with, you know, the port 22 and, uh, and the scope, scope is uh, 000. You know what? But we are, we are smarter than that. We know that it's, it's not the most robust thing. So we'll do, even something, we'll do something even better. So we'll do uh, uh, that the inbound rules uh, do not contain uh, the port. Now we'll do less than or equal 22. And port larger or equal than 22. That will catch all those port ranges scenarios. Now, in addition, remember all those misconfigured CADRs. I'm not going to string match it to 0000. So we're going to do. Uh, uh, port and use some, some reasoning about it so, so the port uh, is public and the port and the port uh, number of hosts that are exposed by that uh, the, uh, sorry, the scope number of hosts larger than 256 this sounds like a large number if it's more than that I consider this as, as publicly exposed Okay, so now I can, uh, so now I can uh, name it, uh, add a description, remediation, and that's it. So we are done with our first rule. I've already created that, and, and we are done. 
I will just uh, note the ID of that uh, bundle. So now we're going to deploy the same thing. Uh, the same process, we're going to deploy this, uh, cloud for, uh, this cloud formation of this pipeline JSON. I've already done that for you, so let's, let's review that. The only thing that I want to show you is that it's, it's basically the same thing that we've just added one more parameter, which is the bundle ID. OK, and now I want to, I want to, uh, uh, I want to run my, my new uh, CloudFormation template. Uh, so I'm going to test my real-world real uh, application. So this is the ugly one, right, with all those, uh, with all those uh, uh, problematic security groups, uh, uh, these uh, uh, security groups, uh, again, SG1 with the mapping, and bad SG2 with the in misconfigured CIDR. So that's, so that is the, okay, let's push that. Okay, so now I'm pushing this uh, new uh, problematic app to production. From code perspective, from code perspective, I've, I've kind of covered that. So it's very similar. Uh, the Lambda tests are pretty, pretty much like those uh, previous Lambda tests, just the fact that we have removed all the need, uh, uh, rem we removed the need to, uh, to do all these uh, regular expression, and instead, and, instead we just, uh, and instead we just validate it. We just, uh, 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 we just uh, validate it against the, the DOM9 uh, API. Another interesting thing here is that now we are using, uh, we are adding, uh, getting another parameter, which is production cloud formation parameters. We want to simulate the real production workload. So we are taking this cloud formation, we are taking the production parameters, and then feeding the engine with, the, with that data because we want to reason about the CFT that will, will, be, deployed to, will be deployed to production. So that's, that's, uh, uh, that's basically, uh, basically the thing. So now let's take a look at, the, at our pipeline. OK, so uh, we, we've seen that uh, uh, the, uh, the S3 uh, hook already got this, uh, uh, this cloud formation, and now it's feeding that to our, new, uh, to our new function, the CFT parsing function. We see that it's, it's in progress. Sometimes it takes some time for this. Uh, uh, code pipeline to, to uh, uh, the UI to, to refresh. So now I see this little details link which sends me to this CloudWatch logs, which is tied to this Lambda function. So I can, I can review here uh, the Lambda function. And, and actually, it took it three seconds to, to do this entire test. It might take uh, the cloud, the cloud uh, uh, sorry, the pipeline a few seconds to detect. And now we've detected a failure. So let's, let's click on these details. So CFT validation failed, high risk detected. And I've got the failed rules that we just created, never expose SSH to a large public scope. And also, in order to assist us, we have uh, this link to the assessment itself. So it's, it's much easier to read it like that. So let's review that. So I see I've got one failed rule because we had one rule in this template. And let me expand that. And we see this bad SG1, 2, 3, and 4 as, as being highlighted to me. So let's review that. 
So remember the first SG with the, uh, with the port uh, uh, found in the map? Eventually, it got transformed. It got transformed to the same normalized model. Inbound rule with TCP 22 open to 000, and it got failed. The second one was misconfigured CIDR whitelist. So remember that one, one, uh, two, three, four slash zero? Well, it, it exposes more than 256 addresses. So this is why this rule failed. The third rule was a port range issue, right? So we had, uh, we had port from 20 to 30. And it, it, was also, uh, it was also detected because we planned against it. The last one is inbound rule that was defined uh, externally. So again, the sa at the same end, it is transformed to this same unified model. So you don't care that it was defined in a different way in the cloud formation. At the end game, looks just, just the same. And this rule failed. What you don't see here is the bad, uh, sorry, the good SG, uh, because it was not deployed to prod. So this is why we do not get, uh, we do not get this alert. So, yeah, so I'm pretty happy that the demo went well, and uh, we can celebrate this, uh, this, next, uh, this next success. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so um, I'm, uh, first I would like to thank you for, uh, for attending this session. We still have time for Q&A if you'd like to stay and talk a, bit, a little bit about that, and you are also more than welcome to the Dome 9 booth. Yes. The code, repo you the code repo is private. I will open it just <laughs> after this session. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you all.